everyone wants to be in marketing. Like we get to do all the fun things, right? But it's being very clear about what objectives we're trying to reach, right? What are we trying to accomplish? And I think any good leader is going to look at a set of ideas and say, do we think those ideas are actually going to accomplish our goals? And then you test it. It's then breaking that down into its individual pieces. It's putting the right teams together to go test those theories. You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a B2B podcast that brings you the juiciest insights from go-to-market leaders and practitioners. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Ryan Schimmel. Today, I'm super excited to be speaking with Zari Venhaus on the topic of uncovering the challenges and opportunities in a marketer's content strategy. As Vice President of Corporate Marketing Communications at Eaton, Zari is responsible for driving enterprise brand positioning, content strategy, marketing operations, and supporting Eaton's digital transformation. Over the last 20 years, she's built uh, her career with roles in product marketing, communications, brand management, and audience-focused marketing. Her focus is on building dynamic, customer-focused marketing teams that deliver on business results. Zari, welcome. Happy Thanks to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Very well. We're glad to have you. Let's jump right in. I know our listeners are anxious to hear from you. We talked, when we were prepping for this, we talked about a million different things. And we did <laughs> in on like the two or three topics that we thought would provide the, the greatest impact for our listeners. So we've chosen to break this podcast up into two sections. The first will be about understanding customers, and the second, we've got a couple of questions for you about building teams. So Zari, tell me, what are some of the common reasons that lead marketers to struggle with understanding and then developing an effective content strategy? At the heart of any content strategy is the audience. And I think sometimes as marketers, we either don't have access to the data we need that can help us really target the right audiences, or in a lot of cases, we may be targeting too many audiences. And so I think what comes down to really being able to build an effective content strategy is understanding your business, understanding how buyers make decisions, and then who are the right people to be targeting and where are they in the funnel? And I think those are easy questions to answer, right? It takes a lot of work on the front end when you're actually thinking about what you're trying to accomplish. And so oftentimes we jump right into tactics, right? We're thinking about all the cool things we could do, all the awesome content we create, but we're not always thinking about where it actually fits. And so I think the the best way to drive a successful content strategy is to take as much information as you can of your, like know as much information about your customer as you can use that, but then also understand why they would be using the content you're creating and when. And that'll help kind of reach the right people at the right time, if there ever was such a thing as the right time. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. So, so much content has been developed and written and perfected, and so many people are proud of their content and should be. And should be. The content, the wrong content to the wrong persona about the wrong product at the wrong time is useless. And that idea of just, you know, content for the sake of content, right? We can create really cool things. And just because we can, doesn't mean we should. And so really understanding the use cases for what we're creating and making sure it's targeted appropriately is a, you know, the golden nugget. Yeah, that's beautiful. So if I'm a listener right now, I'm thinking like, wow, that's brilliant. 
And the way my brain works is I think about what's and how's, right? So that's great what, what we should be doing. Let's dig a little bit into the how. So having said all that, how do you actually think marketers can better bridge the gap between, say, understanding the customers, understanding the commercial realities of the business and developing a robust content strategy? Especially in yeah, and and then valuing the entire customer journey, right? From top to bottom, talk to us about that. I think one of the most important things marketers can do is get as close to the customer as possible. And a lot of times that means making best friends with the sales team, right? Uh, making sure that you have ongoing conversations with your sales team, that you get the opportunity to go talk to customers. So sometimes in marketing, we kind of sit, we do our work in marketing, right? But the most effective marketers, I think, are the ones who get out in front of customers, who are talking to them, who are seeing how they're using the content. And sometimes that's direct, right? Conversations you can have, but other times it's indirect, right? Surveys that you run, access to data on the back end around how customers are leveraging content or not, and then using that to help drive a strategy. I think one of the things that's helped me be most successful in my career has been really getting to know why customers make the decisions they make. And the best way to get that information is to talk to customers, right? Is to be really close to their needs, right? How decisions are being made and then use that to influence your strategy. Yeah. Wow, Zari, that's great. So I don't know if you guys do this at Eaton, but <clears throat> another one of my guests that I had on a previous podcast shared that their organization actually brings mar marketers to their sales calls, both the very first early qualification calls and also you know later stage calls. Is that something that that you would advocate for or is that too much on marketing? What are your thoughts on that? I think it depends on the business. So I will say we don't go that deep. So I, I'm not on most or I couldn't, I couldn't even say a portion, not even a statistically relevant portion of our salespeople's calls. But I do think that in some businesses that can be extremely helpful. The key is to make sure that there's a balance, right? Because the, the thing that marketers have to do is you have to balance customer needs with the needs of the business, right? So how do you drive more revenue and match that up? to a particular customer need. And so being too heavily focused and kind of on every customer call, I think could be distracting for some marketers too. So it's it's really that balance. I think understanding the customer can be doesn't need to be done in, in necessarily participating in every sales call. But some of the things that we do, so as an example, we have a process that we call message mapping. And so it's really about bringing cross-functional teams together to help develop the message that you want to send to a customer. So looking at a particular persona or audience or a particular segment, sometimes even on a particular offer. And we bring a cross-functional team of marketers, salespeople, sometimes even the operations folks, like what's going on in our plans, right? What is the, you know, what's the backlog look like? And we bring those teams together and we really start at what the customer challenge is. So let's get all of the people who talk to the customer together and to figure out like what are the key challenges customers face? Because in the end, as a marketer, we can only be as understanding those challenges. And we use that to then develop a value proposition. So what's unique or interesting or special or differentiated about Eaton in that space? So just having those ongoing dialogues are, is also a great way, I think, to stay connected to your sales team and connected to the customer. 
Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah, we, we talk a lot about a 360 view. So if you're bringing in Absolutely. sales and marketing and operations to really fully understand the customer, you get that 360 view. Beautiful. Okay, so we talked about a lot of people, sales, marketing, operations. And in our call, we talked a little bit about building teams, building effective mm-hmm. teams. So switching gears, let's talk about teams. Okay. I, or I know that our listeners would love to hear about some of the strategies and approaches that they that maybe they should be using to nurture and to develop their own teams that are responsible for what you do, building brands and so on. Tell us a little bit about that. I think, you know, certainly as I've grown in my career, the opportunity to lead, to teach, to help people build careers similar to mine is probably the best part of my job, right? Really being able to help my team and people in a similar space, see what opportunities might be available to them. I think is really, it's a great way to be able to give back to, right, from the same people who have maybe done similar things for me. But I think the at the heart of what it comes down to is being very clear about expectations. And so having a set of competencies that are required for the team what knowledge and skills do you expect that they have? And to do that based on role. So we've done a lot of work on really saying, what roles do we need in the organization? What skills do we expect those roles to have? But then just as important is what tools are we going to give that? What training are we going to build that can really help people reach that potential? So that it's very clear, hey, if I want to go to this next step, these are the skills I need to have. And then here are the tools and the training and the channels that I have to leverage to get myself there. So I think that transparency is really important. It helps people understand what's expected of them, but also if they want to grow, like what they have to go do. I think it's really important for people to be proactive individually about their careers. So there's only so much I can do as a leader to set someone up for success, right? But you have to want to have to learn. You know, you have to want to take the next step. You have to want to dig in and really understand opportunities. And those two things, when they go hand in hand, I think have the best outcomes. You get the best step, you get to set someone up for success. (laughs) And at the same time, they're taking advantage of all the tools and resources that you make available to them. Yeah, there's no complacency in marketing. Right? In the work we do or in the careers we want to build. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you actually answered my next question where you're going to talk about like discussing competencies and training. And you you talked about transparency and knowing exactly the skill set and what's expected. Let me go to a really a much deeper, potentially harder question, right? And this is around, you know, how you turn ideas into actual outcomes. So really the question I want to ask is as a leader, there are a ton of great ideas out there sitting around the table. Everyone has something to share. How do leaders actually address the challenges of turning ideas, really good ideas, into something that's truly actionable, that actually builds and executes on the right initiatives? I think it it always starts with the objective, right? What are you trying to accomplish? Because you're right, Ryan, like there are so many cool ideas. We talked about this a little bit before, right? There's lots of things we could do and there's fun stuff that we get to work on. Everyone wants to be in marketing. Like we get to do all the fun things, right? But it's being very clear about what objectives we're trying to reach, right? What are we trying to accomplish? 
And I think any good leader is going to look at, you know, a set of ideas and say, do we think those ideas are actually going to accomplish our goals? And then you test it, right? It's then breaking that down into its individual pieces. It's putting the right teams together to go test those theories. And certainly over the course of your career, if you understand your business and you understand your audience, you kind of learn what works. And so you can bring that expertise to bear. But the way you learn that is by trying, is by testing it, is by you know going and doing a pilot with a small group, seeing what kind of results you get back, and then being able to scale that. So I think that's one of the things that's most challenging sometimes about executing is how do we scale? So how do we think about making what we're doing bigger? How do we reach more people? How do we drive more results? And that's, I think, a real opportunity that marketers have is to you know figure out what that looks like. You know, you just keyed in on two things and you probably didn't re- even realize you did it. But you you really called out of the old Stephen Covey playbook when you said start with the objective, right? You're beginning the end in mind. Like what exactly. do you accomplish? And then working back from there, which is very process oriented, as opposed to starting with the idea and just running forward. So the idea of beginning with the end in mind, but then also creating a process that's to your point scalable, that makes us so much easier and so much more objective. And it's not always easy. You know, the process might not be the first thing that people think of when they think about marketing, right? Usually it's the creative ideas and the exciting outreach and advertising, right? But process is so critical to success in marketing. And so being able to standardize processes, being able to drive workflows that make you more efficient so that you can turn out more content, right? More of the right content. It's so important. So, you know, if you want to grow in leadership in marketing, right, if you want to be able to provide more value to your organization, driving standard process is so important. It makes you more efficient. It's going to make the content you create and the teams that you build more effective. And in the end, it's going to make it more measurable and more easily measurable, right? If you know exactly how you run uh, the content creation process, for an example, you see where your bottlenecks are. You see where you might need additional resources. You see where things are getting hung up, right? And then you can address those bottlenecks and make your process even more efficient. So having an eye to what that looks like and then you know, using continuous improvement tools, right? So like going back to, again, your operations people or your supply chain people who are consistently using you know, Six Sigma and other continuous improvement processes and how do we take what's often used in a plant and how do we bring it to the office, right? That's a lot of the work that we're doing right now. How do you do things like value stream mapping, right? And really understand the process. Things that you would never think as a marketer you'd be talking about. (laughs) So suddenly you take what is potentially ad hoc for many organizations and you processize it, if you will, right? Exactly. That that comes back to that idea of strategy, right? The your strategy shouldn't just be a collection of tactics. Your strategy is an objective, right? With channels to market, then right the tactics you need to create and the measurements. How are you going to go back and make sure that what you're doing actually meets the objective that you set out at the beginning of your strategy? And if it's not, how do you change it? Yeah, completely agree. 
you know, if my kids say, if my kids remember anything about their upbringing, it's going to be me saying, plan your work and work your plan. And that's exactly, exactly. (laughs) It's not rocket science. It's just, it just requires a level of organization and discipline in many cases. And discipline. I mean, I think that that's such a critical key. Like it's really easy to get caught up in the day to day. Like I have to get this done. I have to, you know, churn out this material. Right. But having the discipline to stop yourself and say, is this actually meeting the objectives I set forth? Am I doing the right thing? Looking at the data to say, is it actually working? Is sometimes it hard to do. It's hard to carve that time out, but it's so important. Yeah. Well, so you just dovetailed very nicely into my next question. You you said a moment ago about churning out material. Okay. Let's talk about Churning out material. Let's talk about artificial intelligence, right? I, Ooh, yes. That's a good segue, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I talk to a lot of marketers, as you can imagine, and some of them are excited about AI, generative AI specifically. Others are a little nervous. Others are just plain terrified and you could see it and they don't want to admit it. So what are your thoughts on the ability for AI? And, and let's talk about generative AI, right? About the, the potential for that to either complement what a marketer does or more scarily to actually replace certain marketing roles. How, how do you kind of envision this affecting marketers in general? I am cautiously excited. So I think that the best way for marketers moving forward is going to be a combination of your innate experience and your understanding of the customer, right? How we humanize the storytelling with generative AI tools. The opportunities we have, and we were talking about process and efficiency, right? The opportunities we have to leverage generative AI to make ourselves more efficient, I think is going to be a game changer for us in the organization. So how can you use AI to make you a better marketer? When you start to think about things like being able to leverage generative AI to make sure that the content you're writing is in the voice of, right? Or the words that your customer might use, right? Being able to use it to make quick work of, let's say, as an example, ad sizes, right? You develop an ad instead of having to do the work of creating every possible size, right? That's something you can use AI tools to do. I think there's a lot of great tools out there today. And so it's really understanding the use cases for each one because we talk about marketing technology, right? I mean, if everyone has seen Scott Brinker's MarTech graphic, you go from don't even know how many we are at now, over 7,000 different techs, AI is only going to make that blow up even more, right? Everyone's going to be embedding AI into their tools or coming out with new tools. So be wary of the shiny object syndrome really think about use cases in your organization. So where do you think leveraging generative AI can help give you, again, more room for you to do your strategy work, where it can help you with more tactical executions, or where you can use it to help ideate? I think that's one of the really exciting places that Gen AI is going to become a marketer's best friend, right? Using it to see like what's being talked about in the market? What are my customers thinking about right now? And then having it give you ideas to then go off and create your own content. The reason I say I'm cautiously excited is partially because of the legal side of generative AI. And I think there's still a lot of 
unclarity. Unclarity, is that a word? I don't know. Lack of clarity. Yeah, we're still clarity. <laughs> There's not a lot of clarity yet on how the law is going to address generative AI training of generative AI models and the use of that content. So I, I feel like this is going to be answered. I mean, Europe is already well down the path of putting regulation in place. I think that'll trickle down into the United States as well. So cautious in that I think there are going to be specific use cases that will, will be problematic when you think about copywriting or copy creation, yeah. copyrights, liability, right? There are all of these things that are important topics to talk about that aren't quite figured out yet. Very well. Yeah, you know, that's that's well said. I think that if I could just share my perspective, I think that it's not so much AI that we should be scared of, but rather it's the use of, and you know, it's the prompts and the use of generative AI that we should rather be excited about. And to your point, the right use case for AI is out there and it's not across everything that we do every day as marketers. So you have a full bookcase behind you. I'm curious, what do you think our listeners should be reading, consuming, listening to out in the marketplace today? So there's a lot of great people to follow. Again, whether it's you know following them on, it's hard to say it, but following them on X, formerly known as Twitter, or signing up for newsletters or reading books, I think it's so important for a marketer to want to continue to learn. So that being said, I'm going to take you back now. We're going to go real, real far back, but positioning by Jack Trout, right? Like core foundational. If you really want to understand marketing, I don't even know when the last version was, but it's a really good, solid foundation for understanding your customer and being able to position your company. And of course, there's the favorite, Everybody Writes by Ann Handley. Always a good read. And if you want to really think about how you engage with your customer, how you can write content that really speaks to customer needs. And there's always a great resource. I am going to give a shout out to the Content Marketing Institute. So we're talking about content strategy today. Of course, Joe Polizzi, but sign up for the newsletter from the Content Marketing Institute, right? There's a lot of really great content that they put out that comes in like an easily digestible form. It's a nice forum for gathering content from a lot of different thought leaders. That's awesome. That's awesome. Zari, thank you. You are a wealth of information. I know that our listeners are going to want to hear more from you and your posts, uh, maybe even follow you on X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you after the podcast? can absolutely reach out to me on X, um, at the Ben House, or on LinkedIn. Happy to connect and talk with up-and-coming marketers or share, share what I've learned and hopefully learn from others. That's awesome. I really enjoyed having you on the podcast today. Thanks for being on the show. Today's episode is made possible by Demandbase. Demandbase is smarter GTM for B2B brands to help marketing and sales teams spot the juiciest opportunities earlier and progress them faster. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Sunnyside Up. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube and Demandbase TV. 